this week on Invasion of the Podcast, Rojo goes solo after Lord Miller go-go. We jump in the driver's seat with the new Edgar Wright heist movie, Baby Driver. And I make Joe pick the ultimate crew for the ultimate heist. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, Michael Myers Mask, Stedman. And to my left is Joe humming the drum, Peters. <laughs> the, is the guy from Halloween. The guy from, the, what does he say, the horror movies? Yeah, he's like, like, yeah, it's the guy from the horror movie. Oh, you mean Jason. And he's like, no. no. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just be advised, uh, we, we did get advanced passes, thanks to Joe and his hookups, to go see the Edgar Wright film Baby Driver that's coming out in a couple days. Uh, one of the few occasions where we actually get to be in front of a movie talking about it as Woo-hoo. opposed to, yeah. And it is spoiler heavy. I don't know how else we're going to be able to talk about this movie without getting the spoilers. So I'm not saying don't listen to this episode. I'm just saying we're going to warn you when we get there. And then uh, I mean, I put in a little description of how long we talk about it. So that way you if you don't want to hear about it yet, then you can skip right past that. However, all I got to say, those no spoilers. It is an awesome film. Mm, yeah. And I, the, the I trailer, cannot wait to talk about it. I was excited when I saw it because I like Edgar Wright. And like the trailer kind of got me pumped because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I like heist movies. And he's doing it. But it, but honestly, in all honesty, the trailer doesn't give you a lot to work with. And the title kind of bugged me every time I heard it until now after the movie, after watching it, I'm fine with it. Yeah, you know? we'll talk but, about yeah. it. And then the the thing at the end, too, with the, the, the name, I was kind of like, oh, well, okay. Oh, now I get a lot of it. Yeah. yeah so. so we'll talk about that uh, here soon. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much been the week is that we push back the show because we got to see Baby Driver. So, you know, your losses are gain. I don't know what that means. So. Um, yeah, I have, I have nothing else has happened in my life since the last time we recorded. I don't think I've just been busy. Mm, yeah, nothing. And, and cool. you're playing music now. You're, I'm trying. Well, I had the. Well, dude, I play those drums every intro. <laughs> like a lot of people don't realize this. We have a full drum set in the <laughs> studio, and I've gotten really damn good at that intro. And I'm actually the one doing the old timey radio announcer voice every yeah. single time. You mm-hmm. guys don't realize that. Like we do it live. We yeah. do it live. Everything's live. Yeah, everything's like, live. Nothing's pre-recorded. Like nothing at all. You should hear uh, uh, Paul's impression of Professor Farnsworth coming up here. Watch. Good news, everyone. Spot on. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the only thing I could do, though. Yeah. Um, so big news uh, is that. Um, Phil Miller and Chris Lord, or is it Chris Lord and Phil Miller? I always get those flipped. I don't mean to do that. Um, they have left. Could be the, Chris the, Phil. Could be uh, Mi- Lord well, Miller. But Phil Miller, which is the name of the character like- from uh, Last Man on Earth, is actually a combination of their names. So I always get that confused because they produce that show. Lord Miller could be a Sith Lord. That and I think that's the name of their production company is Lord Miller too. Uh, oh. Yeah, um, this, like it's just the Lord of like cheap beers, like Lord <laughs> Miller. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. They've left the production of the the Han Solo movie, 
And there's a lot of discussion about what that means because it's four months into production and they stepped away. You know, it's weird. Like before we get into the 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 actual specific of that, I feel like in the last two to two two to three years, I want to give three year range. There are so many so many news, and maybe it's just because like of the way that the internet news and the media is. It's like there are so many directors walking right away from so much stuff, and I don't know if it's because the media and the news is trying to get in front of everything, uh, you know, beforehand. And, you know, then all of a sudden something doesn't get completed and they're just like, oh, this guy left it. It's like, I remember back in the day, nobody knew when anybody was directing anything. It wasn't like, you know, unless it was somebody like Tim Burton or Ridley Scott, you know. Yeah. Well, something was in production. If yeah. it didn't, if, if it ran into problems or there was a change of, you know, directorship, right. you didn't know about it. I mean, I'm sure the, the, the trade magazines are right about it, but it's not something that was news. Yeah. You know, unless it was like like a big big budget thing that people like saw coming, I, you know, you you, I'm sure there were so many creative changes on movies that we love. What's, uh, what's the name of the dude who did Dune? Um, oh, uh, David Fincher. Uh, fin- yeah, did David Fincher direct Dune? I'm pretty sure he directed. Dune. Yeah, he did do Dune. So I, I remember like David Fincher was in the running to do Return of the Jedi, and. Uh, they they were all ready to go, but then like he had commitments with Dune. Like he somehow got hooked up, and they were like, "No, we're gonna give him to Dune." It's like you know, back then, like of course we didn't have the internet, but like it wasn't like all over. Like see, like like Tom Brokaw wasn't like David Fincher exits Red Turn of the Jedi. Like yeah, you know, nowadays it's like everywhere. So like it just seems weird. Like you know, like we found out like about all these people leaving the DC. Uh, you know, Flash lost its director, Batman lost its director, Star Wars lost its director. Um, you know, we're doing a we're doing a show about Edgar Wright movie. Edgar Edgar Wright left Ant Man. You know, so it's like, you know that all that stuff. It's it's it seems like exponential recently. Well, but, I, it, but I know yeah, in, I think in Hollywood, it's, I think it's a spotlight. It probably isn't, yeah. but yeah, it's just thrown in the spotlight. So like, you know, me being a huge Star Wars fan, like like uh, one of my buddies texts me and, and he's like, "What do you what do you think about that?" And I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of I'm kind of indifferent. Like, you know, I'm not excited or disappointed. And I'm like, honestly, my biggest vested interest in that whole movie is just Donald Glover's Lando. Like, I don't even really care about the story and where it's going to go. I'm always excited to jump into the Star Wars universe. But like, I'm 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 in the I'm in the boat of like, I don't really need to know Han Solo's backstory. Like, I I'm a big fan with stuff that's really, really good where less is more. You know what I mean? Like, like, don't give me. Don't give me the reason why this happened. It's like I like maybe like to formulate my own opinion or how this got this way or it makes it so much more cooler because it's mysterious. And I think that's a big component of Han Solo. Like, well, and I also feel like with them just um, saying goodbye to the character in Episode Seven, that it's almost like, oh no, 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 he's not gone. He's no, not gone. Yeah, we and got then, we got a little you know, one coming. Yeah, and then it's like he's going to be a lot younger. I mean, you know, he's you know how he's going to bite it, and maybe we'll make some meta jokes about like how he's going to die. And it's well, like, that's the thing too is that supposedly the rumor is that um, Miller and Lord were being a little more improvisational on the set and actually injecting more comedy into the movie than than Lucasfilm and Disney wanted, and it's just like. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what the tone is that they wanted for this movie, but this is supposed to be the guy who is always like flying by the sea of his pants, always like just nick a time, gets away with it, you know. And then the, the eventually, you know, his his um 
all his uh, debts come due, but he, he gets away with it for a long time, mm-hmm. and he's charming, and he wins everybody over. I mean, he's charming because by design, not because he's a charming person. I think he does it just to get what he wants, you know, like, because I would never say Harrison Ford was endearing in the first movie, but he definitely no. knew how to talk to people, yeah. you know, and I, I, and you got Donald Glover there, and you got some other people there, like, right. why wouldn't you have fun with this and then maybe do you know however many takes that are fun and you just kind of well, noodle it out and see what happens and then you get down to editing and then you keep the strongest stuff and then if you do reshoots which they're going to do anyway they were going to do anyway yeah and now that with ron howard in there uh he actually said he's going to see what's there he he said he's not going to just change the entire movie but he's going to see what's already complete and then what they need to finish it hmm. so and i'm not saying he's going to get rid of all the fun but i don't know <laughs> Is it so bad? Like, I guess now the the big worry is that these big studios are now worried about handing off these um, tentpole franchises to directors that they don't know. Like, I don't. I don't think they're worried about it because you you get your James Guns, you know. Like you're gonna get you're gonna get. Uh, but then you also get um, what's his name, the Fantastic Four. You get. Uh, oh yeah, Josh Trank. Tra- Josh Trank. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So it's like <laughs> look at the tone change. Oh, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, Josh Trank. There's nothing wrong with Josh Trank, but like, oh yeah, Fantastic Four. I just feel like it's weird how in the Marvel side of things, <laughs> a man, I'm just I got the, that rhythm. Sorry. I, yeah, sorry, is it's, it coming in there? It is. That's. I was just like, uh, is this a meta joke about Baby Driver the entire uh, time? We're just like, I'm just playing know. music. I'm just playing music. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, so Joe's greatest hits coming up soon. It's all Star Wars related. Uh, no. Uh, so with um like where was I going with this? But Disney Marvel was taking chances on a lot of directors that are up and coming. Like you had, well, James Gunn wasn't up and coming. He's been around for a while, yeah. but he was uh, for a mainstream movie. He wasn't a household name. Yeah. You know, you know, his biggest no movie at the time was slither. And that wasn't exactly like, you know, yeah. a triple a movie, but it was still, you know, good. But then you have this new one with uh Spider-Man homecoming, which is by last name. Watts. The guy John did, Watts. John Watts. He did cop car, which is a smaller independent style film. And then, then Sony and Marvel, like here, all this money, just do spider-man right like i feel like on that side they're they're making they're making interesting choices and it's funny because we're talking about edgar Wright, and that that was a good choice and then i don't know what happened there to have them i guess he wanted to have his own standalone movie and marvel kept poking at it saying nope it has to connect it has to connect and he just didn't want to do that anymore mm-hmm. um because he even said uh he that, was gonna try to bring it into the sean dead universe. universe no he said that he was he was edgar Wright excited to make a marvel film and he said i feel he feels like marvel was not excited for an edgar Wright film that makes sense and i feel like that's kind of fair yeah but, but with this it's like this is a big deal because it's like it's not even pre-production it's not even just like scripting and like everything in place it's like these guys are making the movie and they're like we're out and it's like it's yeah. very and these these are the guys that made the lego movie like they've made a lot of a lot of tv stuff too that is still good and they have good street cred like i just i don't know it makes me feel like we're going to get a rogue one situation where we were sold one you know well like the russos thing, yeah. became a household name too because of winter soldier you know, yeah they were on the same boat they did movies but then they also did tv shows you know they did community and things like that but like they i think this is no different i just think something fell apart somewhere but my whole point is like I, and I told I talked to you a little bit about this before is like as a Star Wars fan, Disney, I finally started to come to terms that I think Disney is ruining Star Wars a little bit for me. And by that, I mean, it's just becoming too much um, for like the longest time. We had like this this delicious like 
franchise and that we could we had time to let you know age and savor and you're just like oh man empire's so good and everybody could relate to the hoth fight scenes and their favorite parts about it and then like you could always revisit it and then you you know you see somebody like a couple years later and you make you make a dagobah joke and it's just like yeah now it's like every year a star wars movie is getting churned out and it's just like i don't feel like you get any time to kind of appreciate some of the characters like like i think like if um if if rogue one came out and then they waited like three or four years to make another star wars movie i probably would have re uh digested rogue one a couple times and then like you know but i feel like i'm getting pushed on to more star wars too quickly and i don't know maybe it's just me but like i'm just kind of like you know it's like everywhere i just don't I think it's. I know that sounds stupid. No, it it's too much of a good thing. It doesn't sound stupid because, um, I feel like with with this, it's just uh, because this one they they bring in a different director, but they're still targeting their release date, and it's mm-hmm. like that's my problem is that if you need to to pump the brakes and say, all right, we thought we had one thing, we have a different thing, let's we could delay this. Like they delayed nine for another six months, or not nine, sorry, eight. Mm-hmm. for another six months because they realized the production was taking that wasn't because they didn't dislike the direction it's just that it was taking a lot longer to put together yeah. than they thought and and it's like so maybe then this doesn't have to be a summer release maybe again like you know we talk about having Star Wars just win at Christmas right. and you could have taken another six months and moved it back and I don't think you're going to upset any Star Wars fans other than they'd want their movie sooner if, if you realize that as a company, you're like, we're going to stop this, take the time we need to make it right, and you guys are going to love this movie. And it's like, and I feel like with Disney, with having all their Disney stuff, all their Pixar stuff, all their Marvel stuff, there's plenty of ways to get our money, you know? Yeah. And like, so if you want to like stop for a second and, and make it the well, best that you can, that's fine. And I'm not saying Ron Howard's a bad choice. He is a veteran. He knows no. what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I, I like some of his movies, but it's hard for me to say that he has a style that I know. Right. You I know? I couldn't I could agree with you on that. I don't really know a Ron Howard style. And I can definitely see from their business point of view, they're like, let's get somebody in here that I don't want to say that they're gonna be able to manipulate, but somebody that's definitely gonna churn out what they're looking for, almost like a yes man. For well, he made three Dan Brown movies. This is not going to be a problem for him just following a script and making a movie. Exactly. You know? like, exactly. And they're going to they're going to cast Colin Hanks now as the young you know as the young Han, Han Solo. Solo. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but that's yeah. the other that's my other hang up about this thing. And I hate to sit here and rant and kind of like bitch about the Han Solo movie. But like, can I go somewhere else in the Star Wars universe besides every character that I already know? Like, can I get something fresh? Like we talked about, is it eleven thirty three? Is the uh, um, God? I can't even remember what the name of that game was. I always forget it. Oh, the twenty one twenty one or was twenty? Yeah, something was, like that. It was it the was, canceled Lucasfilm game. There was supposed yeah. to be this M rated game that came out that focused on the Undercity of Coruscant, like this whole crime syndicate thing, and you played a. I think you were playing Boba Fett, or at least a bounty hunter. But I'm like, yeah. you know, it was supposed to be a gritty, dark Star Wars type thing, and it wasn't supposed to be for kids at all. And it's just like that's interesting because we don't know anything about that. Like, I know in my trailer, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a little nod to like the Millennium Falcon and where he first comes in contact with it and when he first meets Chewie. You know, I'm sure that's all going to be in the little Han Solo trailer. And then there's going to be things that are going to make you question, like, you know, like something's going to pop up and be like. 
like, that's cool. What could that be? I wish Chewie was like in a punk rock phase though when they meet. <laughs> Yeah. He has, and he has like just like a big like a Chewbacca mohawk like yeah. all the way down like that would be amazing. But I'm like I'm like can we get away from anything that we already know? Like, yeah, you know, in Rogue One because they're going to show the, they're going to show the Kessel Run. Are they going to show that? Yeah, but they oh, will. you know they're going to yeah. do the Kessel Run. You know, yeah, and it's going to be one of those. Th- and I swear to God, I would be really mad if they put the Kessel Run in there only because like if they make it into uh, some stupid Anakin Skywalker fumbling his way through a pod or a pod race. Almost said podcast. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker's he's podcast. He's just fumbling through a podcast. Yeah, yeah but uh, <laughs> I've built all this stuff from junk that you guys like. Oh, I went to the desert. Anakin and Skywalker podcast putting... names go. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, I don't know. Oh, um, lack uh, of faith disturbs me. Oh, see, you're gonna put me on my spot and just oh, be no, like, um, my my mom's the Digital Servant podcast. That's not really a good one. Welcome to Wizard Radio. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the guy who kind of owns him is kind of like a stereotype, but with wings. <laughs> anyway, podcast, podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, so no poodoo, poodoo podcast. Yeah. But oh, now that sounds bad. But you don't want to have a poodoo podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, but my 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 point is tagline shit happens. Yeah, but like we just keep going back to like all the same stuff. We try to get away with it with Rogue One, but Rogue One's like, hey, no Death Star. Like, you know, had Rogue One taken place at a different part of the galaxy with a different part of the rebellion, you know, they because the Empire is Empire. It could be all over the place. Right. It's the Empire. I mean, like even like like well, like I you know Star Wars Rebels is an example. Like they touch on nothing in the movies like heavily that like everything else does in the movies yeah like they could have easily centered most of the seasons around the rebels focusing on the death star getting the death star plans but they didn't they had their own separate base with a different set of rebels and you know they did cameos and mom mothma and stuff which is kind of fine but like you still got something more original and there's just i would just want some original star wars stuff like and i don't think you're going to get it with this movie you're going to get you're going to get a netflix series you're going to get like a like a uh, an ABC f- family. You're gonna get an ABC family uh, uh, episode about the the factory that makes R2D2, and it's gonna be Gotham like, where you never see R2D2, but then you see the parts as he's moving down the conveyor belt, and all the people around him are building all these different droids. And be like, that's gonna become R2D2, and it's yeah. like, really, that's what we have, and that's what it's basically turning into. Yeah. So sorry, I, I, I'm done ranting. That's, that's I know no, that I know that drug through most of news, but I'm just like. No, I, I think it's worth talking like you about. You know, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, one of my biggest pet peeves is the lack of imagination with a lot of Hollywood stuff now. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's everything has to fit together. Everything has to do this, has to do that. Like, I just, it, I don't have a problem with these, these Star Wars stories that aren't chapter-driven, which, by the way, once we get done with nine, there should never be another numbered Star Wars movie again. Just, just retire it. It's fine. If you want to do separate arcs. You know what then, they're going like, to do? It's going to be Star Wars X. Yeah, like just, just one movie. It's going to be one yeah. mega movie. Yeah. Star Wars X, you know, and I just, I just feel like you limit yourself because everything has to come back to the Skywalkers. Everything has to come back to I just I feel like for a, you know, a universe, there's only seven people in it. And I don't like that. I just give me like it'd be cool. Like Rogue One was the chance for me to see something that like I told you and I, I, I'm sure I said this on the show that this is the one I was excited for because it's the one I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And then it really bummed me out that the end of that goddamn movie is everything I know. 
It's like other than other than what happens about, to them. Are you talking about the murder tunnel and the connecting thing? Yeah, or? I just it's like I it, thought that was fine because that was only in like a five minute, two minute snippet. You know what I but mean? But they had to make sure it stuck to you know, it stuck to four. Like it had to do it. You know, it's like it just, I don't mind it. I don't mind it bookending right up against four like that. Like that doesn't bother me as much as just because you got the murder tunnel because that was an amazing yeah, moment. Yeah, that could. <laughs> It was like they could have put. So in Star Wars Land and Disney, do you think they're going to make a murder tunnel that you have to I, run away I, from? I like, would what? go in there. <laughs> like maybe I don't know. It depends. Like if it's like it's like you get to go in there and just attack people, I'd be like, of course. But then it's like, well, no, you kind of got to go in there and you got to get the plants Here, through the door. I'd be here's like, here's a goofy hat. Wear yeah. it and just tie hand it off. Hand off the like, file. Okay, well, I do like that. Five of you are going in. Three are coming yeah. out. Like, okay, am I going to get thrown up against the ceiling? Okay, fine. Yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, like as you're up against the ceiling, they take a photo of you and you can buy it. <laughs> it's where the camera is. Yeah. You're just like, oh no. <laughs> anyway, so I, I want. I guess I mean, just for sake of everything that we love and enjoy, I want all these products to be good. Um, that's why like Wonder Woman was so surprising because it seemed like the right people making the right thing. And I know Miller and Lord walked away from the Flash originally to go do this movie, and the Flash doesn't have a director right now, so maybe this is their chance to be like, you know what? Hey, you know, Warner Brothers, you guys like Wonder Woman because they had jokes. Let's get a good Flash movie because that would be awesome, you yeah. know? So maybe that's their chance to come back to that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I just feel like it just we're getting, like you said, it's it's hard to bitch about getting too much of a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm worried because I feel like now that there's a lot of, so far, there's a lot of goodwill about Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, which we're going to probably talk more about that next week. Um, I think you well, knew you all knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it was going to happen. Yeah, duh. Um, but then Sony's quickly to be like, no, 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 we got four more movies coming. Oh, it's God. like just, just wait one goddamn second to see how this one does and how people react to it yeah. before you have to go. Oh, by the way, you guys like Venom? We're not going to explain how he shows up, but we got Venom now. Yeah. Like. So yeah. Sony's high on the member berries because there's not <laughs> there's not a lot of Sony pictures that are just like oh my god that did so well you know what I mean yeah except for Spider Man like breaking records and then just like man remember 2002 wow yeah like, yeah Sony we remember <laughs> so anyway that's enough well, I'm sure we'll talk more about uh, solo movie uh, when it gets closer to coming out and then I'm sure yeah. we'll talk more about Spider Man probably later in this podcast so um, speaking of uh, what were we talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had you a segue. Speaking of I don't characters, know, I had a segue. yeah, and comic it? book movies. Oh, we could talk. Yeah, characters in comic book movies. Like, was it X Men? Is it is it Dark Phoenix? Dark Phoenix, Phoenix Rising Saga. Old man, Dar old man, Dark Phoenix Rising. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. know what the, the, yeah, the, the the movie that's in production now, shooting now. Is it called the, Dark Phoenix? It's called Dark Phoenix. Yeah. I just whatever. Um. So that's that's the next X Men movie. It's already shooting now, which that to me, I guess I forget the apocalypse was two years ago or like two summers ago because yeah. I just recently watched it for the first time a couple months ago. So I forget that this has been in production for a bit. Um, I got to say this about the Phoenix, though, it just in the comic portions, like they have really watered the Phoenix down. <laughs> like from when the Phoenix first came out, you were just like, damn, this thing is immensely powerful. Now it's just like everybody smacks it around for fun. Like it, it jumps into Cyclops and like Doctor Doom, like well Doctor Doom had uh, beyond her powers, but he's just like dead. I'm like, well, I guess that Phoenix thing's not worth shit. So yeah. it has only has so many charges, yeah, but um, but so, still, I just think it's funny because I remember a time when it was a big deal. No, it was a big deal, just like the the cosmic powers. I think even the gauntlet's up. not that much of a big deal anymore. To bring it's coming back, by the way. The gauntlet's coming back. Gauntlet's um, coming back. So big surprise. Uh, and Dark Phoenix, they've announced that Dazzler is going to be part of the movie. And they said, they said it's going to be a minor thing, but why would you bother announcing if it's going to be a minor thing? I don't know. And it's just like, so Dazzler 
was a character from the 70s and 80s who has light powers, but she's also like a pop. Well, she was a disco singer, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking since this movie's going to be set in the 80s, they're going to have her just so, be like a pop singer. I'm not like super solid on my X-Men. I don't know if you can help a little bit with this, <laughs> um, even though you got your Dazzlers confused at Comic-Con. Yeah, I, whatever. I was, I it, it was tired. I was tired. I got, I got Dazzler and Jubilee mixed up. Uh, one of them uses light powers, and the other one uses light powers. That's what I was about to ask. Yeah. I'm like, is there really a difference between the two of them I other think, than, like, like, Jubilee is the 90s version of Dazzler? Yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, like, if you she, think she about it... more, like, fireworks-type, like, look things, and I think Dazzler's more... She can bend light or something. I don't know. I don't know. If anybody yeah. wants to jump in on our uh, Facebook page and kind of, like, <laughs> Start a good discussion. I, I'm sure there's going to link the Wikipedia page to Dazzler. Yeah, when you read it here, idiots. Yeah, it's like when I try to get tech support at work. Yeah, they're like, like, here you go. Be like, hi. I'm like remote chatting, and I'm like, can you remote in? And be like, here's the link. I'm like, thanks. Oh, yeah, thanks. So I like, I just like all I know is that when I went to go see, um, oh, what was it? Uh, there was a movie I went to go see recently. Uh, in in the theater, and someone was wearing like a denim jacket with like the sleeves cut off because they're wearing like a black whatever. Like it's that thing that people do now, but they also on the back they had a t shirt sewn on the back because it's usually for, was like, it one of the Fifty Shades movies? No, oh, okay. uh, I mean I just watched this at home in private. Um, but no, it was like you know how people have like like the misfits or something like yeah. you know yeah. st- like uh, safety pins to the back of a jacket. Mm-hmm. Someone had Dazzler the back of their jacket. See, that's awesome. That's like, kind of funny. Like I appreciate yeah. that. And like I think the cool thing about Dazzler because like if I mean if we're gonna say that she's that Jubilee is the nineties version of dazzler because jubilee was very much like you know she she i don't want to say she embodied the 90s but she had that <laughs> that crazy yellow jacket which was bright and, 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 and the loud, pink glasses and the pink glasses and the, the giant hoop earrings you know and the bubble gum and it was just and all like, about the mall yeah which that, that sounds more like 80s and 90s but it was early 90s that does yeah. it was early 90s yeah. but but no but dazzler dazzler had like i think more fame to her you know she was kind of like an olivia newton john like disco queen type you know so i think like a jacket like that that had, would have dazzler on the back of it that would be pretty cool because nobody's gonna be walking around rocking a jubilee yeah, jacket that's true well, um, i don't know not not a jacket that says jubilee maybe somebody may have like that giant fire coat jacket i don't know i was trying to find out what her power set is as we're talking here and other than i being, think it'll make for an interesting conversation everybody can just hash it out on the facebook page abilities highly skilled athlete trained singer actress and dancer mm. highly accomplished roller skater Ability to convert sound into light beams for uh, various forms of intensity. So okay, she's, so she's kind of like a lantern. That's a little bit of different than um, Jubilee's like firework thing. Yeah, you convert sound. Into I feel light. like her Jubilee and Boom Boom should get together and just be like, the, oh yeah, I forgot about Boom Boom. Yeah, just call them like call the whole group Glitter Bomb or something. They just run around and it's like light light up people and, and whatever. That's an interesting comic book. But we're, that's another. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, the, yeah. There's actually a comic called Glitter Bomb. Yeah. Anyway. Glitter Bomb. But yeah. um, so Dazzler's going to be a Dark Phoenix. Sure. Why not? I know not? that's kind of a deep cut for some of you guys, but yeah, look up Dazzler, and I'll never <laughs> and for- look up her her sister Bedazzler. Bedazzler. Yeah. <laughs> she just she like makes jeans look awesome. Uh, I got Ryan Stone's all over oh, me. I can't. I can't breathe. Like yeah. <laughs> and I'm done. I'm oh done. my. But Dazzler, what did you do? You just killed that guy. I'd be like, Dazzler's- I made him beautiful. Yeah, I made him beautiful. As seen on TV. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God, man. We just created a great X-Men villain. Yeah, right. The Bedazzler. The Bedazzler. Um, <sighs> so, okay. Anyway, yeah. uh, so last bit of news, which ties a little bit into comic books, but also video games, is uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity, which is technically Marvel vs. Capcom 4, um, is coming out, I believe, this fall. Um, this is, uh, I want to say, uh, their Capcom's f- fifth fifth or sixth stab at doing a fighting game with Marvel characters, which okay. is great. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and 3 were huge hits. 
I really they just had the demo release because like they had they had Marvel vs. Capcom at E3. Um, they released some news on it, uh, and then they they threw the demo out on PlayStation Four and Xbox One. You can download it; it's free. It's a quote unquote story mode demo, and it is heavily on rails, and it leaves very much to kind of be desired about the game because it long loading times between the the dialogue. And everyone seems to know everyone. Like, it's almost pretty much been like, yeah, we're in our fourth incarnation of this. Like, you know, Ryu knows who, who Captain America is, and Captain Marvel knows Mega Man. And it's just kind of like, oh, we're all cool. Yeah, look, Captain I, America's talking to Chris Redfield. I want to believe there's like a punch clock that they all get together. It's like, yeah. you know, morning, Sam, morning, morning Bill. Yeah. Like, it's like they Click. clock in, yeah. and then they go off to their different worlds. So <laughs> they, they have you go through a story mode. So they tell you the snippet of the story, and the main... Uh, protagonist villain is is Ultron Sigma, which is a combination of Ultron and, and a sorority. And a sorority. No, he's uh, the main villain from Mega Man X, which is the Super Nintendo version of Mega Man. Oh, so they've kind of because they're both technically robots, they've merged it's, together. It's like welcome to Ultron Sigma. Here's a paddle, and you're going to be initiated. Yeah. So, um, but uh, there's so many jokes right now. But anyway. Uh, that's the main villain, and the rest of the uh, Marvel universe is, and and they set set it up so that the whole little demo story mode is, is you're going to free Thanos. So Thanos is a playable playable character for the first time since they first did uh, Marvel Capcom, the first one I think. Okay. So, um, but uh, the the god the graphics look so bad, like well, it's disappointing. Uh, yeah. Well, here's like Capcom has its own graphics, like they they are seated in in, in, in Street Fighter Five graphics, which is clear, but. Like the first thing I picked up on when I was playing it is Captain America looks almost just like the Rob Liefeld Captain America <laughs> cover, like the one where he's holding the shield and his chest is it's just dis- like disproportionate, disproportionately and- swinging out. Like literally, his head is half the size of one of his biceps, and I'm like, Does he have tiny feet? Does he have really tiny feet? I don't know. I didn't look at his amazing. feet, but man, like, and the same thing with Chris Redfield, from- like half his body is a cargo belt or something. <laughs> like he just puts on like you know, pockets. Just the muscles are like insanely like just disproportionate like chris redfield looks that way too i'm like there's no reason for that guy's arms to look like that like he can't wipe his own ass (laughs) like so that was my first hang up the other hang up was is like you're playing this demo mode and you don't even do an actual like you you do fighting but it's like they have you fight these literal bots it's not like it's not like they have characters from the game versus characters versus the game like you'll play dante from devil may cry teamed up with rocket raccoon but you're not going to turn around and fight like um, trying to think of who else is in the game, like Captain Marvel and Chun Li. No, they have you jump in and you just fight these generic Ultron bots. And this is the demo story mode, so I was pretty disappointed. I'm just like, okay, so I'm fighting these things over and over again. Um, They're pledges to uh, Ultron yeah. Sigma. I mean, that's I th- my story. Mode. I think I think it's interesting because both of those universes and franchises are so cool. And it, and sometimes you get some really cool like Capcom deep cuts, like Arthur from Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, yeah. You know, so like he's in that and it's it's really funny watching him interact because he just he moves and he jumps and if you defeat him the, the second time you face him, does he just wear underwear? I think I no, no, no. I think there is a thing where like like you his his armor gets knocked off. Oh, like at funny. a certain health level and stuff. And then like his ultimate is he makes you play super ghouls and ghosts and that and you can't finish it and then you die. That's yeah. that's his ultimate. But he jumps the same way and like <laughs> stuff like that. But it's just kinda and I guess uh they have a new game coming out. Capcom's got a new game coming out at the beginning of two thousand eighteen called Monster Hunter. Uh and that character is gonna Yo, be the Monster Hunter game. franchise is big. Yeah, so 
<laughs> did you see a monster outside? Is that no, what's I going saw on? a skunk. Yeah, did you, you want to go hunt that monster? No, I'm good. I don't want to get pissed on. Uh, but <laughs> that skunk's like, wait, you were talking shit about Marvel vs. Capcom? It's a monster? It's my favorite game. Yeah. Uh, here, Racket Raccoon. He's like, I know that, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're, we were in the same fraternity yeah, together. Yeah, we were in the same fraternity. Yeah. Sigma. Ultron yeah. Sigma. Oh, them girls are crazy. So, um, anyway. Um, so... Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I hope that the, the demo and I have better. high hopes for it. I'm I'm probably going to get it because I'm a sucker for that franchise. Um, so I'm anxious to see some DLC characters, see who they can sneak in. Uh, Grimora's in it, which I thought was cool. She's new, like Taskmaster. Do you think they should stick him in there? Or has he, he been in, in before? He was in. Uh, yeah, he was. I guess he, it would be hard to get him. But you just do a copy of. I'm pretty Captain sure America. he was in. Um, Marvel's Capcom 3. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Joe's disappointed with some Marvel stuff. We talked some other Marvel stuff. I'm just talking Star Wars yeah, stuff. I'm just I'm just a old curmudgeon old man because I'm hating on Star Wars. I'm hating on Marvel, Capcom. Uh, what do we wow. talk? And and it's for some odd reason, I'm excited about Dazzler. <laughs> like, is this this is opposite podcast? Little did you know, me and Paul are both rock and goatees. So. It's true. Uh, yeah, I, I am. Welcome quite to evil. opposite podcast. <laughs> yes. Spider Man's terrible. Yeah, doppelganger cast. Yeah. I like it. So get, all some, right. get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Broke right. ass superhero. <laughs> anyway. And now for our feature presentation. So uh we had the pleasure to go see uh Baby Driver on Wednesday night. And um it was uh it was an awesome, you know, pun intended ride. Oh yeah, from... one second. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Just so you guys are aware. I mean, we kind of beat Alex Trebek to the punch and mentioned that earlier. So I just wanted to let everybody know yeah. if they're like, you know, somebody it, could be listening for that cue and they just turn it off. Yeah. Um, uh, from, from the get go, it was just like a lot of fun. Like, well, I will say before even the, even the viewing the movie was a nice experience because you did get advanced screening passes. I've been to a couple of those uh, been a long time and those could be very hit or miss because mm-hmm. like usually people get those from like giveaways from radio stations or yeah. they sign up on like mailing lists. So you got people that are just like, they're running up to hand it cause they know that sometimes space is limited. We saw this at one of those, um, at one of the newer type theaters where it is the, the loungers, the lounge seats mm-hmm. where, um, which I was then surprised that we were able to get in just because those that there's less seats in those theaters than there are your typical movie theater. Yeah. Cause they try to accommodate room. Yeah. And so we, got in got some really nice seats and then other than the one lady off to the left of me they kept looking at her phone every so often which mm. i saw that but it's like it she kept it close to her lap and would look at it like every so often it still bugged me but it wasn't like you know blatantly like holding her phone up and recording the movie or something which they oh, would have god they yeah. would have booted her out for yeah, that she would have got they probably would have locked that the, down the crowd was actually like it was a good crowd yeah. it wasn't so i was actually really really happy to watch a movie that i didn't know much about uh, for you know, because like I had to, I end up always over reading about everything, like review wise, mm-hmm. before I watch anything, because we just talked about like being disappointed with stuff. So I always kind of always want to have an idea of what I'm getting into. With that being said, though, I robbed myself out of sheer joy of discovering something I've never seen before. Um, and with this, I knew it was Edgar Wright. I knew it was a heist film. I knew there was car stunts, but I was just knocked on my ass at how much. I knew I, you know, ball bias aside, I knew I was going to like this movie. I didn't know how, like, this is right up there. Like, it's probably, like, it, it's his best movie he's made. I don't know if it's my favorite one of his, but it's his best one he's made. I think that's a good argument because there are movies, like, I, I think out of, like, you know, he's got, I don't know, what do they call the trilogy? The Cornetto trilogy. The Cornetto trilogy. I still think Shaun of the Dead is going to be my most enjoyed um, uh 
Edgar Wright movie. Like I didn't. I I liked Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz grew on me. It took me a couple. It gets better each time you watch yeah, it. Yeah, it 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 took me a couple of times to watch Hot Fuzz. You know, and luckily uh, Disney's not making a Hot Fuzz universe where we get one every year, so I can enjoy it. Um, the uh, though but, I would enjoy a Nick Frost and Simon Pegg connecting universe where they play all these different characters <laughs> yeah. and they all cross paths, and then it turns into like a being John Malkovich. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. Uh, but no, no, no. The um uh. Where was I going? Oh, uh, and and then uh, uh, this is is it the world's end? The world's end. The world's end was probably my least favorite, and it wasn't bad. It's just was like my least that. favorite. Um, but this one is probably his best made movie, I think. Um, you know, and I even enjoyed Scott Pilgrim, but you know, he had there were certain things about Scott Pilgrim that that didn't feel like his, but did. I don't know how to explain I, it. The, but. So not that we'll make the Scott Pilgrim cast. I absolutely love Scott Pilgrim, and after reading the the Canadian manga of Scott Pilgrim because it is a manga, but it's, you know, it's written, it's Canadian and realizing that he took like eight manga and fit it into a two hour movie and it makes sense and it actually flows and you still get like the character beats Mm -hmm. is crazy. And I know he worked with the writer of the book to get it that way, but normally you can't condense that much down and make it into a coherent movie. And Scott Pilgrim, I could watch that movie in a loop. I love that movie. And I will argue Scott Pilgrim is what broke him out of his mold to get him to make more challenging things. Cause like the, the choreographing of the fight scenes and Scott Pilgrim, how video game like they are, but the fight scenes in that are awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a world's end where you have that throwdown in the, the men's restroom. The first time you realize they're dealing with like, you know, robots, uh-huh. that's a really vicious fight scene. Yeah. And like, it's like, so it's really well choreographed and it's a comedy. And then you get baby driver where like, I, I don't know how you plan to the moment stuff that happened in that movie. And I get that you shoot the movie, you edit it, but just knowing that as an actor, you're walking through certain sequences and you have to hit your mark and, and match music that's playing that you're going to edit to later. That's going to go in the scene and it's all one shot. And it's like a three minute long tracking shot of wandering around and hitting all your moments with everything else going around. Are you talking about like when he's getting the coffee? That's that's one of them, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and that's not even the most technical thing that happens in the movie. Yeah. And it and it comes off seamlessly. And there's probably some edits in there because the camera does pass in front of some light posts sometimes because that's an Alfred Hitchcock trick to do that to extend scenes out because he only had so much film in the camera so he'd make things look longer just by moving objects in front and mm-hmm. switching it up. Um, but still. It is amazing to me. And then later on, like the, the, there's a sequence where uh, in the junkyard, how that, that was a longer shot and how there was only a couple lines sung in the song of the kid was listening to, but it matched. And then later on with some of the gun violence, how it matched. And it's just, I cannot imagine the planning and how that has to come off looking seamless. Right. Plus the fact that he wrote and directed it was like, cause then you have like more, more hands in, in the cookie jar with the making the movie. Um, but like, uh, what was I going to say, uh, you know, at the end of the movie, um, you had brought it up, uh, how it pans out and like, like redigesting some of the movie, uh, you said it got very Tarantino like, and it does. Yeah. And it feels like if Tarantino made a Hollywood, like, mm-hmm. like crowd pleaser. I'm, I'm really curious to see what Quentin Tarantino would think of this movie because like from the rip, there's a lot of pieces to it that just like seemed either inspired or very, very much his style. Like I felt, I felt a lot of Reservoir Dogs in it. 
I felt some Pulp Fiction in it. Like there's that diner scene with Jamie Foxx and yeah. John Hamm, and I cannot remember that actress's name, but it's very Reservoir Dogs like. It's very tense. Yeah, uh, and and that's the thing that's different with uh, a lot of different Edgar Wright movies is like he doesn't really create those type of tense moments in his movies. And this was kind of like really cool to see him do this. And then like the end is, I, I, I think I said it to you when it was going on. I'm like, this is like Hamlet. Like everything's just going to shit. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's the same thing. Like it made me think of. Uh, like there um, was still consequence, even though you wanted the best for everybody. Yeah. There was still consequence to be paid. Right. And even though I feel like this movie was kind of in its own reality, it still showed well, like these guys are all criminals. They're like they're. They're, it's going to come to an end. Yeah. You know, like, one way or another. Like the ending felt very hateful eight Reservoir Dogs. I mean, I hate to keep going back to Tarantino and comparing it to that, but like, you know, uh, the end of um, Reservoir Dogs when, uh, um, what's his name? Sean, or not Sean Penn, his brother Chris Penn uh, shows up. And then like, you're just like, oh, it's the, uh, the boss's son. And then like, they, he gets taken out. And then yeah. like the end of Hateful Eight where everybody just kind of like starts taking everybody out. It's like, all these people, part of the heist, just starts getting knocked off, and you're just like, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, we should probably rewind a second and say this starts off because there's a kid who's really good at driving, and he's pretty much in a a um, in a contract because he owes money to Kevin Spacey's character, and he does all these jobs where he's the driver, and he's like the best driver in the world, and he just enjoys driving. He kind of views like what he does is separate than what goes on with the criminals because he feels that he's not a criminal, but he just happens to have one foot in that world. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it kind of like, you know, you see who he is and you see how it's very important to him that everything is timed to music. And it's very, you get into his head early. Yeah. And then when you start realizing like that, he may be done with the life, but the life's not done with him, which is a very much trope, but it felt, it felt very good in this movie. Because whenever Kevin Spacey makes you an offer, you have to say yes. I mean, that's the rule. Because yeah. otherwise, you know, Kevin Spacey's going to mess your life up. Even real life Kevin Spacey probably is, is yeah. like, hey, would you want to come mow my lawn? Yes, Mr. Spacey. Yeah. Like, I, that's what would happen. So, you know, like, so, well, it, yeah. Even the, even the, like, they, they, they introduced like a romance angle, you know, early enough, which, like, kind of like tried to try to pick its legs up as a Bonnie and Clyde thing, but not, not, not completely. Like I think, I think, I think it captured the, the on the run love more than anything of Bonnie and Clyde, but they, they weren't really criminals in a sense. Like, I feel like, I feel like if you meshed John Hamm's character and his wife with uh, baby and um, Deborah, Deborah, that would be, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. I feel like he, like, like Edgar Wright kind of like split them apart into four, like four people. But, um, like I was kind of worried, like with that part, like I remember watching the, um, uh, the trailer and I was just like, I really don't want to go through like this romance angle where, you know, he's doing it for a girl or a girl gets in the way or, you know, she's going to get kidnapped by Kevin Spacey or, you know, she's going to get, he's going to pull her back in because of her. And, and they really didn't. And I was, and like, yeah. you know, after that, after they kind of got past that typical, like, we got your girl trope, I was like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting for these two now. Yeah. Like, I want them to drive off into the sunset together. And usually I'm kind of against that only because it's so cliche. Yeah. So, so did you notice um, at the beginning of the movie, after the initial, uh, you know, action sequence, the, the, the building that uh, baby walks out of, there's two yellow lines that go down the center of it. And there's all these other times where you see double lines and you see lines like they're like road markers all over the movie. 
and it's always lines all over the place. Like I don't know if you noticed, like no. you saw that. It's like it's so like it's 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 not it's not I mean it is in your face and Edgar Wright he is all about kind of symbology but there the very beginning you saw two lines coming down the side of that building that's like you know this is this is the road he's traveling on you know and I, I dug that I dug that in the laundromat scene when he's like really talking to Deborah for the first time uh all the washing machines in the background were either red yellow or blue and the backlights and it was a very primary color and they're having the very beginnings of a conversation it was just beautiful and i don't know like i get really hung up on that stuff and you could tell edgar wright does too you yeah. know and it was like you could have just had a scene in a laundry mat and it had been fine well subtle but things the, like yeah. that it's yeah. like it's, it's it's a psychological thing like you can see it and appreciate it for like like the the filmmaking artistic creativity but then like people who don't pick up on that it sets a scene well like, and you it, don't think about it like do you really believe that and the, the 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 last bit of the movie when that person's in the cop car that the display is bleeding red all over their face do you uh, cop cars don't do that right well they even mention it that the character you know it's like oh when he, he, sees, he red, sees red and then and it boom, kept going back, back to, and it's yeah. like you never really and in the red you the red really wasn't explained where it came from because the lights were on on the cop car and they were flashing, but it's like for there's some no, reason there's no, there should be there no red no inside. Yeah. yeah, there's no blue. So so it was I, that's just the but, red. but you know why it was there was to show that 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 character right. that I picked you're, up you're, on. Yeah, and, and it was great, yeah. and it, it had no reason to exist other than it was awesome, and it really painted yeah. that situation right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I feel like this is just one of those movies that. Um, you could watch it as an action movie and love it because the car stunts, I'm sure there is some digital assisting and some physical assisting in terms of how things worked out, but you started with real car stunts and that drift at the beginning of the movie, it's even though it's in the trailer, it just, I, I you probably heard me. I was just like, Whoa, like yeah. I see it. And it was just amazing. And it's like, and then the, the chase with the cops, the, how that ended up was amazing. Mm-hmm. And how, like even later on, like just the different, like you would think that it's like, this is a movie about car stunts. They've showed you everything. Nope. We're going to show you one more thing. And it, and even if it felt unrealistic, it was the, the stunt, the physics felt real enough where I would watch that a hundred times over before I'd watch a fast and furious movie. And I, and I love, I understand that car stunts take coordination and they put people at risk, but God damn it. I want that. I yeah. want, I want well thought out stunts with professional drivers. And it's just something about that feels very visceral. So you can watch the movie on that level and it, it has comedic moments. I wouldn't say the movie is necessarily a comedy, but it has some fun bits. You can watch it on that level if you want. Um, I almost feel like it's a rock opera in a lot of way because the music never really stops in the movie and it just keeps shifting from one thing to another. Yeah, they do a really good job of shifting gears on the music too because I'll admit, I'm not a big music person. There were a few songs I wasn't familiar with. There was a lot of songs I didn't know, but the genres kept changing. The genre, Yeah, they did. And like, um, you know, uh, like, you know, even when they get Queen in there, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm like, this is, uh, what did they play? Um, oh, uh, uh, Brighton Rock. It was Brighton something. Yeah, was, I can't yeah. remember the Queen song. But it, like, yeah, it, was, yeah, it was Brighton, Brighton Rock or something. It was off of I forget which. Album well, you can't was, have an Edgar Wright movie without Queen song, which makes me think of Shaun of the Dead whenever they start playing um, "Can't Stop Me Now." Yeah, and they're hitting the zombie in time to the music. Yeah, and you can tell that Edgar Wright's all well, about they, this. They they did like yeah, that was the first time I noticed that was the one scene where there was a shootout and they were playing tequila and it was yeah, like all the was, gunshots were going to the beat of tequila. Yeah, it was just like wow. But it's like cool. it, but it's great. But it's not like I feel like in lesser hands it would make me mad like it would just be so like right up in your face mm-hmm. but i feel like there's a lot more going on with this that i can appreciate all of that and how because mainly you're from the perspective of baby who he constantly has headphones in he's constantly playing music he's constantly seeing the world around him 
with music playing. So like it's it you you get in that kind of mode, and I really dug that. And some of the music cues, even though there's like though this has a thousand more music cues than Suicide Squad did, all of it made me happy when it happened. Where the Suicide Squad, where it felt like oh we have a different scene, we better put a different song in here, and it didn't really fit. Here it's like you could tell Edgar Wright has had all these songs stuck in his head. He probably has like now with you know having digital media, probably has like a Baby Driver playlist that's probably like. 300 songs long and he kept just pulling them and just like, I want to do it here. I want to do it here. I want to do it here. And it was wonderful. Like <laughs> this is pure, this is pure like Paul heroin. Like I, this is the <laughs> stuff I love is the thought that goes into this. Some of the tracking shots are amazing. Uh, the, like the dialogue, he, like we, Joe and I were talking about this after the, after the movie, when we watched it, that Edgar Wright, has a habit. It's it's fun because he he only he's the only one that doesn't does it well. Is where you have real quick sequences of dialogue snapping back and forth and explaining something, and they and they use it in Ant Man where they're talking about like I know a guy that knows a guy, and it's like it, even though it wasn't directed by Edgar Wright, you know it's an Edgar Wright scene. There really wasn't that in this movie. However, something that he does do a lot, and I love it, and it blows me blows my mind away every single time, is the the use of dialogue, the same dialogue from the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. And it has different contexts. I love that because Shaun of the dead, if you watch it, it's almost a mirror image. Like the dialogue in the first half is almost identical to the second half. Mm. And it all means different things. And I, and I did in this movie too, where there's the stuff being said that was like exactly the same thing, but I had it. I, I don't know what it is. I, I know it's, it's, it, it that's, seems simple, uh, but it's not. That's no, that's tough to do and, and, and yeah. great to appreciate. You yeah. know, I mean that I always like that because like it makes you think, well, that and even with Baby's character, he carries a, a tape recorder with him, and he's constantly listening to the world around him and like recording things. He likes making music, so even that's almost a literal interpretation of what Edgar Wright must be doing. He must have a, a tick where he just picks up, turns a phrase, and just keeps them and uses them and just wants to incorporate. Right, so mm-hmm. I it just it's it was a great movie. Um, I like that it was supposed to be set in Los Angeles. I read about this. And so, but then when they found out that that wasn't going to work and every other location they were scouting out was going to be like cold during the shooting time, they're like, okay, fine, Atlanta. So Edgar Wright got his people together and said, let's make this movie then reflect Atlanta. And I thought that was great that he knew the city was going to work and he wasn't going to try to label it something else. He made it feel like it was there. And since every movie shot in Atlanta now, like I just like that they just straight up admitted. Oh, we got to get Cleveland. I know, right? Cleveland got to get its soundstage, and we got to get everything set in Cleveland, right? So, but I just we had such a good run with uh, when the Marvel stuff, the yeah. Marvel stuff, and then uh, Fast and the Furious. I mean, we're getting there. Yeah, I know that the talk is using the. Um, I know this may not happen, but like uh, the Jago Lake site to turn into um, a soundstage, which would be great because it's it's still close enough to the city. Let's do it. I I wanted I wanted it to happen. Invasion yeah. of the podcast soundstage. Come on, let's Paul. just do it. Like, they could use my my apartment if we they want to shoot movies in at the apartment. We could we could paint this wall green. Yeah, we'll like, put a tree over here. I'm it's an, fine. I'll get the harness for Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that sounds really dirty, but we'll put. But it Joe right will do it. He volunteered. Yeah. That's we'll, fine. We'll put it right in front of the green screen. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I it just it's. I feel like <laughs> this is going to sound bad. After the letdown for me that was Alien Covenant, it was good to go back <laughs> in the theater. I mean, Wonder Woman was good. I was still kind of like I was still worried the entire time that I was going well, to there was something you, was going to happen that's going to knock me out of my my happy zone watching that, and it really didn't happen. With this one, it felt like it's like you mentioned before about Star Wars being that meal. Yeah, I've, it's been a long time since I've had something where I'm like just feast on this. Well, You're going to end up watching this over and over again. 
but it was it was beautiful and wonderful the first time I watched it. I know I'm thinking I'm, I think I'm only going to love it more each time I watch it, and that's I know that's high praise. But well, oh. I mean, I think you have your your franchises or not even your franchise. I I think you have your things you love. Like you know, I get really excited for Quentin Tarantino movies. I hate, yeah. I hate. I'm sorry, I keep bringing him back into this, but I, just, I think it's very appropriate because he's all about mixing, mixing genres, you know, using dialogue and music, yeah. you know, like, but like and killing people but, badly. But you'll get something like that, and you're just like, oh, I'm really glad I get another Tarantino movie to kind of digest. But then, you know, you have your 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 favorites and things like that where um i'm trying to think like like robocop like god i love robocop but then when they redid robocop it was just kind of like like oh this is so disappointing you know that was like you know i don't want to compare it to the covenant thing i think it was robocop was a lot worse but like that's that's how i felt too and i can understand that that frustration because it's like i know you're a huge fan of the alien franchise and to get another ridley scott um alien and then just kind of be like ah, eh, like yeah this wasn't what i wanted you know it's like so i kind of get that I, I i guess i could say i could like like follow up with that with like rogue one like i as a star wars fan i'm not a big rogue one fan um you know so uh like like you walked away from alien covenant like i think you you could appreciate parts of it but you didn't like it as a whole yeah, um, I mean, that, I liked it better than Prometheus, and everyone. Yeah. Keeps, I, I keep saying yeah. that as in to try to convince myself. I, mean, I still, <laughs> I still did like it better than Prometheus, but it's just like everyone's like, "What you think, Alien Covenant, Paul?" And I'm just like, I had to sit there and like I'm starting to get like the shakes. I'm like, yeah. it, it was better than Prometheus, and I had to bite my lip because yeah. I'll start spouting for a half hour, and it's bad. And that's that's how I feel about Rogue One. Like I can <laughs> I can talk to people and be like, you know what, this is what I liked about Rogue like One. Like you start smoking and you never you don't smoke, you lay up a cigarette. You're like, I'm let me like, tell you about Rogue One. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, let me tell you about Rogue One. So. But to seeing Baby Driver, and also I read about this too, that uh, Edgar Wright also agreed to do Ant-Man because he thought that movie, because it's a Marvel movie, that would get him enough like spotlight to where then he could make Baby Driver. And he's like, so I was really kind of hoping that this would take off so I could make this passion project. He's like, then that fell apart. And then I got to make my passion project. So he's like, it's like it kind of, like it kind of worked out. And I think that, you know, so that's kind of interesting, but it makes me still really, really wonder what a full-on Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie would have been. Who knows? Maybe he'll come back for Ant-Man 3. <laughs> never I, know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. But it's just, he said <laughs> the big thing for him was that he's never had a movie taken out of his hands where he submits a draft. Ant-Man. And then and, and then the they Wasp. send... And Beetle Boy. And Beetle Boy. And Simon Pegg. Um, <laughs> Nick Frost as Nick Frost. Mole Man. Yeah. I want that now. We can't, want- we can't get Nick Frost <laughs> as Mole Man. He's, he's totally in... He's in Josh Trank's uh, garage. Yeah, <laughs> um, his tool shed. His tool shed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like that would have been something just to behold. And there's that brief moment in Ant Man where you have Ant Man and Yellow Jacket fighting in a briefcase, like because they're tiny and they, there's an iPod playing um, "Disintegration" by I forget by who now, and you just hear this music playing as all the contents are being shuffled about, and they're just fist fighting in the middle of this briefcase, and then it cuts to the briefcase is falling out of this helicopter, a really small object on the horizon, and they're inside having this big tussle, and it was great, you know, like I just I don't know, like it, it's one of those great what ifs, just like we wonder what will happen now with um, the Solo, that Han Solo movie, um, but yeah, I. Think about this. Edgar Wright has now made five movies that have all been really good. How many directors can you say have have not had like a blemish like in their first like you know handful of movies? Um 
You know, like, I mean, like even Tarantino, like I still need to watch Jackie Brown. I know it's an admission. I know some people love Jackie Brown yeah. and hold in high esteem, but I just, I Jackie Brown, I just don't. I mean, in this day and age, like unless you're like your Spielberg or somebody like you don't get a chance to make that many movies, but he's made five and I feel like they all have their strengths and I don't dislike any of them. I actually like them all a great deal. Yeah. And they all, they all have his style. Like yeah. they're not just, they're not like Kevin Smith being like, yeah, I'll do cop out. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like he was just hired to do someone else's script. So I don't know. I feel like this is kind of unique and I hope this movie makes bank. So that way we get more original, awesome R rated action type movies. I agree. Yeah. So anything else? No, go see Baby Driver. It, yeah. Weird name. Really good movie. Also, uh, you can hit the extra extra spoilers on top of that. Where was it? Oh, yeah. Do you know why they are called spoilers? I was a little bummed his name wasn't Baby. I, you know, <laughs> when you find out what his name was, I'm like, I was like, well, yeah, it, made, it, it makes it perfect made, sense. It makes sense because yeah. then, like, towards the end of the movie, you find out that Kevin Spacey puts these these heist teams together and he gives them all different names. Which feels very which, Tarantino. Very Tarantino. Uh, but he just kept his through the whole movie. And then you think about it and it made sense because, like, you know, you had, uh, what was it, a buddy, Bats. Uh, I don't remember what John Bernthal's name was. or Griff. Uh, Griff. Yeah. I saw it in the um, credits. I was like, that's a weird name. Yeah. You know? But I thought that was kind of cool. But I, what I really, really, really wanted was I wanted Deborah's name to be Jonathan. Yeah, because was her name tag. I wish point. they never would have used her name, and like she would have just been introduced as the character of Jonathan. I thought that I would have been, been fine with that. I thought that would have yeah. been hilarious because when she first meets Baby, um, she has a name tag on at the diner because she's brand new and they don't have a name tag for her yet, and she has a name tag on that says Jonathan. So for like the first two interactions he has with her, she has the Jonathan name tag on and. And then eventually she does tell him her name, which which ties into the songs, you know, which yeah. makes sense. But I just thought it would have been funny. It's like his name's Baby, her name's Jonathan. Like that's really weird. And I feel like this is a good bookend to like Guards of the Galaxy Volume Two, mm-hmm. but even though because it's like they're different movies, but it's like mixtapes really drive both of them. Yeah, and and it's like and like so, and it's also interesting to speak to like how a lot of that's like deep cuts from like like 70 60s and 70s you get some like funk and some like soul and some some good like you know trumpets and beats and everything and it's like like what's going to happen in 30 years when people are gonna be like no we need a mixtape it's like all right i got well, this, even, i got this pop song it's techno and this other pop song is techno and taylor swift even yeah even that one i can't remember if it was john bernthal or jamie fox where they take his ipod and they're like what are you listening to and it's like swedish ska and he's like yeah swedish Scott. like you know it's like okay that's kind of random but yeah uh yeah no so but anyway yeah go see baby driver uh it was a good movie very yeah good movie. invasion of the podcast gives us two thumbs up uh it actually comes out like i, th- I want to say on tuesday i thought it was coming out later yeah, in the week like, um i did see that the capitol theater is playing it on tuesday oh yeah so. you go to the capitol theater and yeah. see it so there you go go see baby driver and now um where's that time to play the game Time to play the game. <laughs> Literally, it's the button right in front of me, and I'm like, I can't see it. You know. Anyway, so I got a game for Joe in honor of heist movies that we we watched. Because even though this movie had heists, but it was I don't think it was like a true heist film because we didn't see too many. We saw the aftermaths of heists. We never really saw a heist actually happen. Now that I think about it. It was always kind of like, you know, we'll send them in. And then we just kind of like. Yeah, he was kind of in the car yeah. listening to the music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so um, I don't know what the, what uh, I would 
Joe wants to steal something. I don't know what Joe wants to steal, but he has to put a crew together for the ultimate I heist. I want to steal Paul's heart. It will steal my heart. So all you got to do is just, um, talk about Baby Driver some more. That would mm-hmm. be great. An alien. An, an alien, yeah. Um, so what you did, or what I did, I put a, uh, an ad up on Craigslist. Oh, nice. I got, um, I got, I asked for some muscle. Okay. A driver. Okay. Um, and what else I asked for? I asked for a thief, like someone that's really good at taking things. And a distraction. Hmm. So, and I got three or three uh, applicants for each. Oh, nice! I'm gonna try to read them off to you. Uh, don't guess until okay until the okay. very very okay. end. Okay. Okay. But you tell me which one you want, and then All we'll right. go back to it. Right. So oh. for the muscle. Okay. Um. So this first one, uh, they're a demolitions expert. Okay. Uh, they have experience operating in many different environments. Okay. Uh, and they have worked with a driver in the past, and it worked out quite well for them. Uh, but they'd rather not be doing bad things. So that's the first one, right? Okay. That's second a, this one. This is the demo expert. This is for the muscle. So you want? Oh, someone, this is the muscle. This is for someone that you know, like if things go wrong, you want them to be there to to you know, clean up the mess and okay, and you know, put people to rights. That, that sounds like to kill them. It probably not kill them. You, you know, second one. Uh, this this person is very strong. Um, they they prefer to work with a partner. Uh, they're constantly optimistic, and the only problem is with them, they throw caution to the wind. Okay. Okay. Then the last one here is they're very good at their job. They're a person of few words. They're very loyal, um, and they can carry the load if the job goes bad. So if you need someone to to haul some things out in a hurry, or or if people are down, they can that they can get in, get them, and get them out. But they're a person of very few words. So of the three of them, oh, okay. Um, who, who well, I think you... I know who the last one is. So okay. I'm not going to hire that, that yeah. person. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll um, wait till later to reveal who okay. everybody okay. is. But, okay. So. So which one of the which one of the three there of the muscle? Um, give me the first two again. I'm sorry. Uh, the first one is the demolitions expert. They have experience operating in many different environments. They've worked with a driver in the past, and they would rather not be doing bad things. So they'll do it, but they'd rather they'd rather not do it. And the second one is they're very strong. They prefer to have a partner, constantly op- optimistic, and they throw caution to the wind. I'm gonna go with the second guy. Second one, okay. Yeah. All right. So he sounds good. I like him. Okay. So now we gotta pick a driver. Okay. Uh, so uh, first one here is they're a professional driver. Uh, they have experience losing law enforcement. Uh, love sports drinks, uh, but can be reckless when they're pressured. Okay. Okay. Next one is no one is more confident than this person. Prefers to work with a crew. Has survived many crashes and has daddy issues. And then the third one, they're an amateur racer, mm-hmm. uh, always quick with a smart-ass comment, has experience working with spies, so that means they know how to get a job done, Okay, and they have a drug problem. <laughs> drug problem. Yeah. Okay. So which of the three of those drivers would... Uh, uh, well, the person with the drug problem is out, because okay. I can't have anything getting in the way of the heist, you know, whether they're going to try to take more money for drugs or they're going to be on drugs during the heist. Um then we had uh who's the second person uh there's no one that is more confident they prefer to work with a crew has survived many crashes and has daddy issues um i'm gonna go what's the first one again professional driver has experience losing law enforcement loves sports drinks and can be reckless when pressured I'm going to go with the first one only because the second one has survived many crashes, which implies that they crash a lot. That's that's true. So right. uh, I'm logically trying to, to 
Okay. So far, I think I only know who one person is. So it's pretty <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. So so forgive me. Uh, a little a little behind the scenes here. Some of these got really tough to come up with traits without <laughs> straight up saying who they are. So right. my hats off to you, Joe, when you come up with some of these, these okay. type of games. So all right. So we're gonna pick a thief here. Uh, so on the oh the last one is the distraction, being a person has to go in and distract everything yeah. and cause. So mm-hmm. we have them as well. So for the thief, um, this person, uh, they're always stealing things. Uh, they weren't made for this job, but they've uh, embraced it. Uh, good with computers, um, but may just take the score and screw everyone else. Mm. So there's a chance that they'll get it, and then they'll just leave, you know? Yeah. All right. Second one. This, this one's tough for me. I was just like, Mary suggested this one to me, and I loved it. And I had to come up with like, so this person is ambidextrous, resistant to poison. So if they're in there trying to get to the score, you know, like gas goes off, they might yeah. be, you know, they might be okay. They're always thinking one step ahead. Um, Though, however, the day the day of the job, they may not be all alive, like all the way alive. Mm. Well, I mean, that would make sense if they're immune to poison and they're having trouble being alive. So yeah, they may they may not be all the way alive. Once I say who that is, you'll be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So all right. Okay. So then uh, the next person we have here is uh, the other the last thief is they work well with others. They have experience with traps. Uh, and they have a unique set of gadgets for almost any job. Downside is they're on the run from the mob. I'll even say the Italian mob. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I guess uh, that is the mob. It could be the Yakuza, but it's the Italian mob. I feel like mob is a very general term. That's you true. Used for just about like the Russian mob, the Irish mob. So, so we got uh, we got uh, the three are is always stealing things. Wasn't made for this job, but has em- embraced it. Good with computers. May just take the score and, and well, the first else. one who's going to take the score is out. Okay, You're totally out. Second one is ambidextrous. He's resistant to poison. Always thinking one step ahead, but may not be a, a, all the way alive the day of the job. I'm going to go with the third guy. Okay, just because I don't know about the thiefing credentials of the the. the the ambidextrous poison resistant guy. Okay. It sounds like a good a good set of skills to have, but a particular when, set of skills. When it comes down to it, I got to have the thief. Okay. And it sounds like the the gadget guy is, is a little bit better. Okay. So then we get the last one's the distraction. Or gal, I don't know. Yeah. This this last so the distraction is three of them. Okay. Um, yeah, this is the, this one got a little tougher. Uh this this person, they are a wild card. Uh they're loyal to their friends. They're not a night person and and it easily distracts themselves. They could be easily distracted. Okay. Okay. Next one. Always the center of attention. Knows how uh, to get people's interests. Uh, thinks of themselves as a good person, even if it doesn't appear that way. And the one downside is they have a very animated and careless spouse. So that, that could cause problems. Uh, okay. And then I uh, wait. Well, I, I think okay. I might know who the second person is. Okay. And then the third one, um, they're probably the nicest person in the world. So, you, you know, like uh, they're an a- amateur tap dancer and they probably won't realize they're helping with the crime if you have them you know, help out. And uh, but they also might be grounded the day of the job. Because this person, this person gets grounded all the time, whether they, they mean to or not. Oh, I know who that is. OK, <laughs> no, they're out. They're out. OK. <laughs> So, so you got. Uh, uh, who was the first one for the distraction again? The first one for the distraction was uh, they're a wild card. They're loyal to their friends, not a night person, and easily distract. Uh, they can easily distract themselves. 
I think I might know who the second one is too, and I don't want that person either. Okay. Um, and I really don't want the first person. Uh, they're a distraction. That's the whole point. You know like, what? Yeah. I'm actually going to go with the third person. Third person. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's find out who. Let's find out who you didn't pick. Well, can I guess? Can I? Can I guess? Because the, the, okay. the, the yeah, first. Yeah, that's fine. The, okay, out of the so first. So for the muscle. The muscle. The person that I think that was the third one. What was the third one again? They they're not good with words. No, they have very few words. They're good. Is at it their Hodor? Job. It's Hodor. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's very good job. All right. Ban a few words, and then you pick the second one for the muscle, right? Okay. Yeah. The middle one. So the the first one was a uh, demolition expert has experience operating in many different environments. Worked with a driver and would rather not do bad things. That's mm-hmm. Wreck It Ralph. Oh, okay. You know, it's funny. He worked like, with Fidelity. Yeah. You know, so you know, it's funny as I started thinking about when you said he worked with a driver. I'm like, who's been, who's worked with Ryan Gosling? I'm like, <laughs> like trying to think like no. other people with Ryan Gosling. So who you picked to be your muscle? Who's yeah. very strong? Prefers to have a partner? Constantly optimistic and throws caution to the wind. Yeah. Who do you think that is? I don't know. It's the tick. So you nice. got the tick as your muscle. Okay. Because he's constantly upbeat. You know, yeah, no matter is. what. That's so, a good. That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. So for your driver, I'm pretty. You, com- I'm pretty happy with the tick as my muscle. Okay. So for the driver, um, you did not pick the third one, who is an amateur racer, always quick witted with the smartest joke, has experience working with spies, and has a drug problem. That's Pam Poovey. Mm-hmm. I should have had you guess that. I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah. So then, uh, the second one. Uh, no one is more confident, prefers to work with the crew, has survived many crashes, and has daddy issues. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. That's Rod from Hot Rod. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say stuntman, but that might give it away. Yeah, so then you, it your away. driver you picked is a professional driver, has experience losing uh, law enforcement, loves sports drinks, and can be reckless when pressured. Do you know who this is? No. It's Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I want Ricky Bobby. <laughs> if, you, if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, right? Okay, so for your thieves... You um, should have said you should have put a uh, 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 loves Fig Newtons. That would have given it away. <laughs> I was gonna be like, sticker is extremely dangerous, yeah. but I love, I sure do love Fig Newtons. Like, <laughs> I was trying to think put of, a sticker on the window. I was going to be like, has experience driving large cats and cars, but that I movie wonder. caught me caught me off guard. That's I another love, one too. I was I expecting a lot movie. of. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, I saw that at advanced screening too, like, so I didn't know what I remember, to think of, and I was laughing my ass. I remember when that, that movie came out. I think. I think we were working at Blockbuster, and I remember there was probably a good two months where we just quoted the crap out of that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. Magic Man. Yeah. Magic Man. Shake and bake. All Shake right, so for your thieves, uh, you did not pick the first one who was always stealing things, wasn't made for the job, but has embraced it. Good with computers, but may just take the score and screw everyone else. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? No. Bender. Because oh, he, okay. he wasn't made for the job because he's a bending unit, uh, I got but it. he embraced being a thief. Uh, right. Bender would have, that would have been a good. Let me see who else we got. Okay, yeah. who's the who's the uh, the amphibian? Not the amphibian. <laughs> I said amphibian. The poison resistance, uh, part time dead person. Part time dead person. So uh, re- ambidextrous, resistant to poison, always thinking one step ahead. May not be all the way alive at the time of the job. Mm-hmm. The dread pirate Roberts. Because he was killed, and then when they gave him that chocolate, he wasn't all the way alive. He's, right, his body had to come back alive, so it was just his head. And then, because remember, they had him faking the, the the sword fighting later. Yeah, and he is resistant to poison because the lidocaine powder. Yeah, I know who he is. I'm yeah. just thinking like how I, I, I would really want. No, I'm glad it. Unless yeah. he could, unless he can get me, I would take 
Princess Buttercup from Wonder Woman over the tick. <laughs> if it came as a pair, I would take the Dread, true. I would take the Dread Pirate Roberts if I could get Princess Buttercup. But I gotta, from, give, I gotta give Mary credit for coming up with that one. I was like, that's a fun like, one because we don't because I I always go to like my same three things over and over again. I was like, that's good to get a Princess Bride comment in here. Yeah. All right, so who you cho- chose mm-hmm. works well with others, has experience with traps, has a unique set of gadgets for almost any job, mm-hmm. uh, and is on the run is, from the Italian mob. Is that Hudson Hawk? It's Data from the Goonies. Because he's on the run from the Rotelli family. He has gadgets. Oh, yeah. And they, he did help with traps. Damn so, it. And he works well with others. So you pick Data. So good luck with that. And his slick shoes. I was kind of thinking it was Hudson Hawk. but I almost wrote that down. I um, wasn't sure if you'd be like if you'd get I, that. I really don't want Data, but that's fine. Okay, so. <laughs> and now for the distraction. How does he steal things? He has gadgets. He would just steal something. You know, he'd, he'd I take don't remember teeth. him stealing anything. He had the anything. teeth that would, you know, the teeth that shot the, the guy. The teeth saved him from, like, falling in the pit, though. You don't, you, but you don't think that he wouldn't come up with a gadget to steal something? He's a kid. He yeah, you know. Anything. But he needs he needs money to save the Goonies. Like, he needs to save that town, you know? So, yeah. all right. So, your distraction. So, the first one uh, was a wild card, loyal to their friends, not a night person, and is easily distracted uh, by themselves. Mm-hmm. Charlie Kelly of It's Always Sunny. Oh man, Charlie. I figured the night not a night person would tip you off. <laughs> I was trying And then to there's literally like, an episode where he calls himself the wild card. <laughs> the wild card. He's like wild card bitches. So, I'm going to guess and tell me if I'm wrong, the second person who I didn't pick was that Lois Griffin? No, but no. you're not far off. Okay. Uh, always center of attention, knows how to get people's interest, thinks of themselves as a good person, even if it doesn't appear that way, and has a very animated and careless spouse. Mm-hmm. You're right, that could be Lois Griffin. I said Jessica Rabbit. And I thought the animated spouse, because she has she's married. Oh, to, Jessica to, Rabbit would have been a good. I know who I picked for for the distraction. It was Butters. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Jessica Rabbit would have been a, a little bit better distraction. So yeah. yeah, but Butters, I was like, oh yeah. But that, I, I, was well, that think of, me, I was trying to think of a way of saying I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I was trying to think of a way of phrasing that differently. So oh, yeah. thinking of themselves as a good person, even if it doesn't appear that way, I thought that was the best oh, okay. way to say that. I got that. So, yeah, but so, no. I, well, at least with Butters, I mean, the, he could double distract because if he tap dances, he's going to kill he's people. Kill people. Yeah, I thought the tap dancing would throw, would uh, that that kind of threw me off. So, what, what was the clues for Butters? I want the tap dancing kind of like yeah, that was the, it over that, the that was the one because it was hardly hard for me to write about Butters. He had a kissing company, you know. No, uh, probably the nicest person in the world because I really, that th- too, yeah. yeah. Uh, amateur tap dancer wouldn't realize they're helping with a crime because I think he seems, wouldn't. Yeah, you could and also then, put in something like dual personality, like nicest person in the world or the evilest person in the, the world, world yeah. like Professor Chaos, and then uh, maybe grounded the day of the job. That was the getting, other thing: yeah, tap always, dancing and maybe grounded. <laughs> but as so, you're grounded, so your what crew, do I do? <laughs> your crew is the tick, Ricky Bobby. And uh, let's see here, um, data and um, butters. So good luck with whatever it is you're going to steal. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I thought that was a fun. That was fun. Fun, fun little game. I kind of wish I would have had Jessica Rabbit and somebody other than Data. <laughs> but when I wrote down Data, I forgot that I wrote it down. And I'm like, why did I put down the Star Trek guy on this? I was <laughs> like, no, wait right. a second. Like I had to write down from uh, Goonies, and then I'm literally wearing a Goonies shirt today. So oh, you yeah. think I would have been like, oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that's Joe's crew. We wish him well. He'll probably get stopped really really quickly though, uh, or Butters will just kill everybody. Like, well, like you, you're gonna have a guy in a NASCAR suit, a guy in a giant blue tick suit, a kid, and uh, an animated kid. There's a lot of kids. I'm, man, yeah. I'm gonna get in trouble for child labor law. <laughs> 
it's true um but so anyway that's that's joe's crew i hope you guys enjoyed that that was fun fun yeah. making that it was really hard trying to come up with things that describe that's somebody tough. like when i do the yeah. interview processes and i'm just kind of like I, I know if i use this it's gonna totally give it away that's why i said not a night person because yeah. he's day man right and he fights the night man so i was like that's perfect and i was like you know whatever so anyway that's going to do it for for the game uh you guys can find us on our facebook page it's invasion of the podcast we have a website invasion of the podcast.com uh we are on twitter invading podcast we have a patreon uh, that's where you guys could support us financially if you so wish to do so. You could donate as much as $1 or up to $1 million. A $5 donation, you will get to pick a wheel of death and force us to watch movies we don't want to watch. Right. Um, so that would, like, you could just make Joe watch Rogue One. Like, the, if you pick six I of those. I know, I watch Rogue One. It's not like I don't um, watch it. And the big announcement, more details to come. Um, we have been given the opportunity to be at the the... Northeast Ohio Comic Con or yeah. NeoCon, Neo. as they're calling it. Uh, so, whoa. whoa, it's it's all things Keanu Reeves, not really. Um, that will be happening in August, August twentieth, I believe, which is a Sunday, which is a unique day, unique day to have a con. But I don't think it's a bad day. I feel like we should dress up as Neo for this. <laughs> like, be like, what the hell? You told us it was NeoCon. <laughs> yeah. So this will be happening uh, that's uh, that Sunday, August twentieth. It's in North Olmsted. We'll get you more and more details you, as we get details. You could go as the one Neo, and we'll get you one of those like like uh, equilibrium coats with the yes. with the collar that goes all the way down. What and, every overweight guy needs. And, yeah, and yeah. then uh, um, the glasses, and then I'll be burlap shirt Neo. <laughs> From, yeah, from uh, what was the name of the, the town? Not Serenity. Uh, Zion. Zion. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I'll be the the Zion Neo. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then we'll just go around and talk to everybody about Neo. About like, hey, this is Neo. Con, we, could, right? we could get like some some Mike and Ike blue and red pills. <laughs> be like, you guys, you guys want to get out of this con? Take this pill. Yeah. No. Um, anyway, so we're going to be there. Uh, more details, but again, uh, there's going to be a lot of vendors, a lot of comic probably vendors. Mad we're making fun of their names. Uh, no, just I, whoa. Uh, we're not making fun of the name. We're just really it's happy North for that, e- too. Yeah, it's Northeast Ohio yeah, Comic Con. Super happy that we'll be doing it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of creators, a lot of comic vendors there. Not your, not what's going on now with a lot of cons where... There's 100% more co- uh, comic creators than there were at Wizard World, by the way. Yeah, right? And there's not going to be a table full of mystery boxes, which that's frustrating. Where it's like, hey, you want $10 for a box of shit? You might, you might get something yeah. you probably won't. There's not going to be any of that there, but we'll be there. Uh, so come check us out. So, um, but yeah, that's the big announcement. Uh, I think next week, I think we're going to be talking to Spider-Man's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Homecoming comes out. Uh, we're not going to go. We're, we probably will go crazy on it, but we're going to try to focus on the, the Raimi trilogy. Um, yeah. Cause it's been a while since I feel like we, we talk about it enough. But I really feel like that was the ones that started getting people thinking, like, I mean, that and Batman, but started thinking, hey. X-Men, too. X-Men as well, you're right. That, hey, you could make a profitable comic book movie that actually stays true to what made people like it. So it'll be good to go back and watch those again. It's been a long time. Um, but I remember watching the second one in the theater, and I don't get too far off topic, and just smiling the entire time because mm-hmm. that was such a fun. I still movie. High, yeah. hold it in high regards as yeah. one of my favorites. So we're, we're going to talk about those and the third one because uh, I haven't seen that since I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I'll tell everybody about how I uh, embarrassed myself. At, <laughs> yeah, every <laughs> comic book day about that. That is a there's yeah. a story to come about that. Yeah, so we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, go see Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Go see it. Go see it. Go see it. It's such a good movie. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's it. So we'll see you next week. See you next week.